0: It's the Bible Rundown, Pastors Rob and David. Day 130, Rob. We keep trucking along. 2 Kings 10-12. through We're past the
1: the third point. Uh, We're we're past the third
0: here. We're a third of the way through. And we get to start a new gospel. John. John. But before we do, Jehu is wrecking vengeance upon the house of Ahab. And he's also cleaning up Israel and Judah. From the worship of Baal. But his obedience to the Lord only goes so far. Yeah. So, what are we to make of what Jehu's
1: doing here? Well, Jehu's <clears throat> an interesting character for me. And I'll tell you why. A lot of death, but he seems to be the hand of God to accomplish his judgment. I I would rather be God's hand of grace rather than God's hand of judgment, right? I would rather be God's instrument of how he works for his salvation rather than how he works for his judgment. But that's just me. But Jehu is the instrument of God's judgment upon the house of Ahab and 70 brothers. Man, this is tough to watch. I mean, we're 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 seeing this, okay? But the real thing is as we hear these things, as we read these things, as we discuss these things, we are to recognize David that we are no different than Ahab. We are no different than Israel and Judah. We are no different. We are deserving of the judgment and wrath of God upon us. Mm-hmm. Covetousness, uh, idolatry, idolatry, uh, we are deserving the wrath of God and, and the wrath of God uh, from Jehu here upon, upon Ahab's people. But God in his grace gave us the grace of God upon, upon the cross of Christ. Jesus Christ is the grace of God displayed for us. Thus, you know, Jehu is hard to watch. It's hard to l- listen to. It's hard to see. But so is the cross of Christ. So anytime we see these things, we're, we're, we're picturing the narrative that this is God's judgment upon wickedness and evil and sinners who are deserving of, of the wrath of God.
0: Yeah, and with that, that good reminder of the cross in mind, here we go back to remind ourselves who was Ahab. Right. Yeah. And the wickedness yeah. he did. Right. So yes, it's easy for Proxy us to say we we deserve the judgment of God, but we've been given grace. But let's not kid ourselves. Ahab was nothing close to any semi righteousness with God. He was mm. completely opposed. And mm. so, we've been bringing it up, but these reminders that we see in the parables of Jesus about the punishment that will come upon those who reject God's offer of grace through Christ is fulfilled in what we read in Revelation. And so this blood and death should remind us that this is God's method of judgment mm-hmm. and it will come fulfilled. I thought it was interesting. With all the good that he does in, in bringing about God's judgment upon the house of Ahab, what does he fail to do? He fails to get rid of the golden calves at Bethel and Dan. I did some research, Rob, Yeah, because you asked, right, What what's the deal with the golden calves?
1: Yeah, yeah. tell me about it. I got
0: that. an answer for you. Tell yeah. me about it. So the, the ESV study Bible in this section actually talks about their connection with Canaanite religion. Mm. So why is it something yeah. that the people shouldn't be associated with? Because it's associated with what God was wanting to drive out of the land so that he'd have a people for himself displaying his own gro- glory. It actually is related to the Canaanite god El, mm. who is frequently called the bull. And so it's a symbol of, of like fertility and strength. Um, and Baal himself, Rob, according to the ESV study Bible, was represented as a bull. Oh, really? So Interesting. Maybe the connection with the writer and what the narrator is telling us is he destroyed the statues of Baal, the prophets of Baal, but he didn't go so far as to remove just the any resemblance of Baal whatsoever, right? Yeah. He allowed these golden calves to stand. Uh, but as we move forward, there's new kings on the scene. Uh, this mother of Atalia, the mother of Ahaziah.
1: Yeah, hold on, before you move on to Atalia, because she's, she's a she's, big player. Yeah. But the golden calves, in this story, in the narrative represent the power that they're unwilling to give up. So the northern kingdom will always want their worship to be in the north so they don't come back under the authority of the Jerusalem temple. So Mm -hmm. he's willing to say, yes, we want to worship God, but he's unwilling to say, I'm willing to give up my power and my kingdom for the kingdom of God. And I think essentially what we're saying there yeah yeah yeah
0: so atalia mother
1: of ahaziah Uh,
0: what (laughs) a wicked wicked uh, lady she wants she wants the power too yeah and so when she sees her son is dead she decides well might as well off the rest of my family right right and so she does show but kind of like in an act of how moses is saved the daughter of king joram takes joash Ahaziah's son and steals him and hides him away for six years. He eventually will be anointed the new king in Judah. Right. So interesting that uh, in the midst of all this, this blood and turmoil, there seems to be hope through Joash. But then we continue to move forward
1: and the people of the land go back to the Baals. Yeah, you got this This new guy named Jehoiada. And uh, he does something here in verse 17. Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they should be the Lord's people and also between the king and the people. Mm-hmm. So Jehoiada, we see here as a good character on the scene here. As he... Is making this covenant this this agreement this stance this commitment to the Lord and the king and the people it's very interesting um, that they should be the Lord's people and ultimately they tear down the altars and the images and uh, this is an interesting statement in um, it's an interesting statement uh here by Jehoiada, yeah, and Jehoash, which is just a different
0: spelling of Joash, then comes to reign, and we have the temple, so what's going on with the temple Rob do you think they just lost sight it's yeah, all-
1: they're 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 not uh they're not repairing the house of the Lord, they're not taking care of the house of the Lord, they're receiving the offerings, but for some reason they're not keeping it up. Yeah, there seems to be some irony, right?
0: They they get so externally focused that they forget the temple and they neglect worship of the Lord and therefore keeping up the temple and service to the Lord through it. And then when they realize that they've been too outwardly focused on those things, they come back in, they raise the money to attend to it, but then they lose track again and even though they've raised this incredible amount of money, they're not doing anything with it. Right. So I think there's some good modern connections for us in the church, right? Like we can not keep our eye on gospel proclamation, life on life discipleship, and being on mission, but then we can also put our eye too much in one of those key areas and allow the others to suffer. So we can become too internally focused on ourselves and forget the great commission to go and make disciples. Or at worst, we forget the gospel and no longer proclaim it in life and work.
1: Yep. Yeah, we can be doing a lot of great things, David, and for neglect some of the better things. What is best in the kingdom of God? I think we have to prioritize what God says is best, and obviously his house of worship, that presence of the Lord where the presence of the, war, the Lord dwells needed to be attended to. Mm-hmm. they're almost being too stingy with their funds hmm let's give it there you go what else you got anything else
0: I think it's just interesting uh, Hazael. we were told by Elisha that he was gonna do a lot of bad things to Israel he's hanging around in the shadows Rob he's coming yeah but it's interesting after restoring the the temple and, and that focus Hazael comes and basically lays siege on Jerusalem. And what does Joash do? He takes all the sacred gifts of his fathers, the kings of Judah, and his own sacred gifts and the gold that was found in the treasures of the house of the Lord, and he sends them to the king of Syria. Hmm. The writing is on
1: the wall. No, The kingdom is going to fall. Because yeah, the kings that. have lost sight of the Lord. Uh, John chapter 1, we could talk about this all day. It's, this is... This is wrote with goodness absolutely um, the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God and and so John in his creative writing is declaring Christ as God and also using the language in verse 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us that we have seen his glory glory is the one only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And so John in his description is this triune God, God, the father and God, the son uniquely, uh, uh, their own personhood yet one. So he was with God and yet he was God. And, um, he was with God yet was God is the continual understanding of the triunity in which there's perfect fellowship, perfect love, perfect spirit within the one true God. So, um, that word became flesh is a very important statement as John is recalling not only Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, but also um, that tabernacling among us and recalling the story of of God's perfect salvation for his people and coming in in the form in the flesh as Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, it's a incredible reminder. And then we get down in chapter one in verse seventeen. It's this connection of the old with the new testaments, right? The law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So to your earlier point, right? The old testament's to point us to see Aspects of God's character displayed through judgment. Mm -hmm. Salvation will come through his judgment. But there's an opportunity to see the grace and truth side of God. We're going to see that through the Gospel of John in the New Testament.
1: So important passage about... John the baptized as the one who comes in front of or the precursor to Jesus as the Lamb of God as he declares him the Lamb of God who takes the sin of the world. John loves to take these images and as you read this book as we read this in the next few days John will take images and pictures from the Old Testament and he will give them to us to understand who Jesus is as he fulfills these pictures and these promises in the Old Testament in
0: Christ
1: hmm and John's focus
0: on him as the son of God and equal with God his deity but expressed as the Lamb of God so here is God holy God that we've seen throughout the Old Testament that's unapproachable untouchable and yet he's going to be the one that's mm-hmm. physically touched by others he's going to approach and be close to man why because he's gonna take the sins of man upon himself so holiness will take on our corruption through yeah. our sin.
1: We often talk about Peter's confession to Christ. We, we don't often talk about is Nathanael's confession. Verse 49, mm-hmm. Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. It's a pretty good profession of faith, the profession of who Christ is right when he meets him. So Nathanael, Jesus almost rebukes him because he doesn't. he doesn't really... He hasn't seen much of Jesus, just a little bit, and yet he knows who he is. So it's it's a it's a strong statement on Nathaniel's part, uh, but some somewhat weak because he he just immediately says, "Oh, this is the Son of God," rather than seeing this all play out in front of him. It's an mm-hmm. interesting it's an interesting passage. Yeah, and
0: I think Jesus' statement, right? Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You'll see greater things than these. Mm-hmm. I think the same is, is true for our own faith, right? Wherever we
1: come from, the Lord has more to show and reveal yeah. of His faithfulness to us. The angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. That's, that's an interesting tidbit right there. But angels are ministering spirits minute to, and, and angel ministered, angels ministered to Christ in the 40 days in the wilderness, but they're ministering spirits. Hebrews chapter one tells us they're ministering spirits sent by God for the, for those who are of the faith. And so this angels descending and ascending, this, this reminds me of Jacob's ladder, angels descending and ascending from heaven. And so this understanding of heaven coming down to earth, is this really good picture of the heaven is coming down. Jesus is the kingdom. He is the king who's coming from heaven to earth. Therefore, now we have these angels coming down from heaven to earth that are ministering to God's flock.
0: So I got a question for you. Yeah. Why does John emphasize logos, the word, oh, that's in verse 1? Why not say, in the beginning was God, and the Son was
1: with God, yeah. And the Son was God. Well, I think it's an odin I think it's a reference back to Genesis one. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. The spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. So you have you have God and you have Spirit here, the Spirit of God. You have you have God the Father, God the Spirit, and I think John is saying, God the Son is there at creation. And God spoke, is the next verse. Mm -hmm. Verse 2. Let there be light. And so, I think he is explaining to us that the word of God, spoken word of God, was there at creation, and it was Christ. Mm -hmm. The The triune God was there. Let us make man in our image, that the triune God was there in creation. That's, that's my best thoughts. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I think, I think you're right. You go back to Genesis one. We worship a God who speaks. The Bible talks about idols are mute and dumb yeah. and deaf. Our God is not. And here's the other thing. As fixated as the people become on the miracles of Jesus, he calls them to believe in his spoken word. Amen. And so why does the Bible matter? because it's not supernatural revelation that you need to see in miracles. He's given you himself revealed through human words, his word communicated to us. And just as Romans 10 tells us, faith comes from hearing and hearing The the word of Christ. So as we read through John, let's remind ourselves this is what we need.
1: Bible rundown. That's David Cottle for you. Good summary. And Rob. We'll see you later.